y'all do too many amens. What, are y'all taking bets over there? Yeah, I know it's my children. I'm so blessed to have all four of our children hanging over the Our oldest daughter, Alexis, is home for the holidays, for Christmas and New Year, so we're happy. Very happy man. Amen. Let's open to two places of scripture tonight. Isaiah 9 and then Psalm 40. Isaiah 9 and then Psalm 40. I'm going to get through this part of it tonight. We probably will go into Sunday on this. Isaiah 9 and then Psalm number 40. And when you get Isaiah 9, I'm going to verse 6. Verse 6, when you have it, say amen. Amen. All right. Let's all read it together. Ready, read. For unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given, and the government will be upon his shoulder, and his name will be called Wonderful, Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. All right. All right, good, good, good. Let's look at Psalm number 40, please. And we'll look at verses 4 and 5. Psalm number 40, verses 4 and 5. Y'all have it? Yes, sir. All right, let's read together. Blessed is the man who makes the Lord his trust and does not respect the proud, nor such as turn aside to lies. Many, O Lord, my God, are your wonderful works which you have done and your thoughts toward us cannot be recounted to you in order. If I would declare and speak of them, they are more than can be numbered. Wow. So the wonderful works of God, his thoughts toward us, can, cannot be recounted. They are more than can be numbered. All right. Tonight, let's, let's pray. Father, thank you so much for giving us opportunity to spend this time in your word. I pray for clarity of understanding, clarity of speech, that God, your people will hear the clear word from you tonight. And I pray, Father, this word will be an encouragement to your people, Father, as, as, as well as an exhortation to us to step up and into the life that you have for us to enjoy. And I pray, Father, you speak from heaven clearly, and we receive it with thanksgiving. In Jesus' name, amen, amen. and amen. All right, Isaiah 9, 6, it said, His name shall be called Wonderful. Here we saw here, many, O Lord, are your wonderful works. Tonight I want to talk on this subject, and again, this is probably be part A or part one of this uh, subject. It's a wonderful life. It's a wonderful life. Everybody say, it's a wonderful life. It's a wonderful life. I know some of y'all think about the movie, Amen, The Wonderful Life. Some of y'all heard of that movie, The Wonderful Life? All right. Hallelujah. Jimmy Stewart. Okay. No, I can't really imitate Jimmy Stewart. That's, that's got to be special to do that. Praise the Lord. Amen. Most of y'all here, when I say that Jimmy Stewart means nothing to you, it's a wonderful life means nothing to you. Y'all are so young. It's just astounding. Wow. Praise the Lord. Amen. Nonetheless, we're, we're in this uh, season of cheer. So y'all cheer up real quick for me. Cheer up. Okay. <laughs> All right. Most, most everybody's in, is in good spirits. Most everybody's in, you know, in high spirits and everything. Everybody's smiling more than usual. And, 
you know, people are speaking that not, wouldn't, may, may not normally speak. And, you know, you get a little extra grin at the register at Walmart, maybe. Hallelujah. People are being nice who may not be normally nice or people who are normally nice are being extra nice. Amen. Because it's a season of cheer, a season uh, really of joy. Right? And we love this season, don't we? Don't we really enjoy this season? Aren't you happy it's Christmas time? Hallelujah. Thank God for Christmas. Amen. And uh, it's, it's for us a season of joy. Now I want to go to Luke chapter 10, to chapter 2 rather, Luke 2, and read something here. Because the whole world, for the most part, is experiencing this joy and cheer. Even if they don't know why. In other words, many people are joyful and cheerful because they're thinking about, you know, uh, Christmas Day and gifts and being with family, all those things like that. But what they don't even understand is that this is a season of cheer and joy, a season of, of laughter, a season of happiness that is brought upon the whole world. Whether they liked it or not, this season is upon us. We've been blanketed with this cheer and with this joy. Okay. Hallelujah. In other words, people in the world, whether they, know, whether they know it or not, have stepped into our season. Somebody say, this is our season. And whether people like it or not, whether they know it or not, they've stepped into our season. And they're happy when, even when they don't understand why they're so happy. Just uh, They think it's just snow and lights and reindeer and stuff like that. No, that, that's just, that's just the, the commercialization of it. But it's still a season of joy and cheer that God has brought on the earth. Okay, look at Luke 2 and verse, uh, for the sake of time, I'll just read just two verses here. Verse 10 and verse 11. Now this is when the, Jesus is born and the angel, and the angel visits uh, the shepherds who are in, their, in the field watching their flocks by night. Look at verse 10. It says, Then the angel said to them, the shepherds, Do not be afraid, for behold, I bring you what? Good tidings of what? So good tidings or good news or the gospel, the gospel come on. of great joy. Yes. Thank you, Holy Ghost. This gospel is a gospel of great joy. This gospel is not a gospel of sadness and sorrow and despair. This gospel, this good news is supposed to make us happy. You and I should never look in God's word and get grievous. Even his commandments, the Bible says, are not grievous. Even his commandments are not burdensome, the Bible says. Even when we see God's commandments, that's supposed to bring us joy. Isn't it amazing that people look at the word of God and, oh, that's so hard. No, the Bible's supposed to bring us joy. Oh, help me out. How many of y'all get joy when you look in God's word? Even in the parts that you may not really like so much, I understand if I do that, it's going to bring me to my expected end. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. So, so he says here, these are good tidings of great joy which shall be to the church folk. No. To who? All people. So this great joy hits all people. What? So they don't even know why they're happy. They think it's just lights. Oh, it's just, you know, this Christmas will be a very special Christmas for me. 
They think about mistletoe and, you know, shake a hand, shake a hand. Baby, it's cold outside. All those things. Chestnuts roasting on the open fire. They don't understand, no, we're in a season of great joy. Which shall be to what? All people. Now, why is this season of joy upon us? Watch what the angel says to the shepherds. For there is born to you this day in the city of David a Savior, come on, who is Christ the Lord. So the reason why we're so happy, even though the world doesn't know it, the reason why happiness is on the earth at all is because a Savior has been born. Could you imagine the status of the world, the status of this planet, if the Savior had not been born? Come on now. Can you imagine the amount of evil that would have been here? Remember, remember now, remember what the Bible talks about, tells us that, that we're the ones who are controlling the flow of evil. Do you understand that? The Bible says that when you and I are caught up out of here, then the Antichrist can run, can, the devil can run rampant all over this earth. So he can't do what he wants to do because you and I are here. We're the, we're the containers for the Holy Ghost. And so we're keeping the evil down. And it, oh, it's bad out there. Yeah, but we're keeping it down. So can you imagine if we weren't here? Can you imagine if the Savior had not been born, how evil it would be on this planet? That's why there's any joy at all, because you and I are still here. And that, that's why people, they ought, they ought to light up when you come around, because you're carrying this joy. You're carrying, think, listen, you're the reason for the season. Hallelujah. I know Jesus is the reason for the season, but Jesus came for you. He wouldn't have had to come if it hadn't been for you and for me. So in reality, he made us the reason for the season. Glory to God. Tell your neighbor, you're the reason for the season. Hallelujah. So it's great joy for all people. And like I said, though men have commercialized it, they made it about shopping, they made it about, you know, the lights, and they made it all about the trees, and made it all about Santa Claus. Santa Claus. I don't want to, I won't say it. But Jesus is real. I'm going to say that. I, I'm going to say that. I'll leave that to the parents to straighten things out with their kids. But Jesus is real. <laughs> Hallelujah. Glory to God. So no matter what, it's still for us a time of great joy. Thank you, Lord. In, in 1963, Andy Williams, how many of y'all know Andy Williams? Andy Williams, yeah, I got a few of you, wrote a song. He recorded a song that says, it's the most wonderful time. Y'all know that one. You, you know Christmas is coming when you hear that song. Bing, bong, ding, dong, ding, dong, ding. It's the most wonderful time of the year, right? With the kids jingle belling. And everyone telling you, be of good cheer. It's the most wonderful time of the year. And people, it doesn't matter if they're heathens from hell, they're going to sing that song. And they're happy. They're joyful. And they don't even know why. They've reduced it to the lights and trees. 
but it's Jesus. It's Jesus. And my concern for Christians is that many Christians have reduced it to the lights and trees. And somehow forget about Jesus. Tell you that, but don't forget about Jesus. Hallelujah. Because the reason why we're celebrating today in 2021 is because of the same announcement the angels, angel made to those men, those shepherd men in that field, when he said, born to you this day in the city of David is a savior, Christ the Lord. That's why we're celebrating. The same announcement they made, born to you this day in the city of David is a savior, Christ the Lord. And if it hadn't been for him being born, that day, you and I, we really couldn't be celebrating today. Are y'all with me today? Now, let's look at something else here. In Luke 2, I want to read that passage in its entirety. Y'all have a few minutes here? Verse 8. Because I want you to see the, the totality of this here while we're celebrating. Because in case you don't get the gift you want. In case your secret Santa doesn't bring the gift you thought you wanted. I want you to understand it's bigger than a gift. Because the greatest gift has already come to us. Now I know preachers say that every Christmas, but I want you to just really get that down in your spirit that we have already received actually the greatest gift. Hallelujah. I think, well, I don't know that last year I told y'all. If you want to just go by yourself. Don't sit there and get mad at folk. Don't sit there and get upset about folk. Like, you didn't bring me what I wanted. Go by yourself. You wanted it that bad, you should have already had it. Uh-oh. I said you wanted it that bad, you should have already had it. I couldn't afford it. What? You could ask your father. Huh? <laughs> you know, Father God is alive year-round. You know that, right? He's not, not a, just a Christmas God. <laughs> and don't treat God like Santa Claus anyway. Look at Luke 2, verse 8. There were, now there were in the same country shepherds living out in the fields, keeping watch over their flock by night. And behold, an angel of the Lord stood before them, and the glory of the Lord shone round, around them. Boy. And they were greatly afraid. I can imagine that. Then the angel said to them, Do not be afraid, for behold, I bring you what again? Good tidings of what? Which shall be to who? For there is born to you this day in the city of David a Savior who is? And this will be the sign to you. You will find a babe. Oh, I saw that and I was thinking, man, I, 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 Babe Ruth shouldn't have used the name babe. That's, that's wrong. Anyway, a babe wrapped in swaddling clothes Lying in a manger. Not that it's me. I just, you know, I just thought that's just disrespectful. People to call him babe. This is the babe. Bambino, I know, yeah. Great Bambino. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly host praising God and saying. Now wait, wait, what happened to Silent Night? What happened to Silent Night? No, it wasn't no silent night. 
Not with an angel, with the angel of multitude of the heavenly host praising God and saying glory to God in the highest. They weren't praising God quietly. They weren't miming. They were miming angels. No, these were, they were glory to God in the highest and on earth, peace, goodwill toward men. So it was when the angels had gone away from them into heaven that the shepherds said to one another, let us now go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has come to pass. See this thing that has what? Come to pass, which the Lord has made known to us. And they came with haste and found Mary and Joseph and the babe lying in a manger. Now when they had seen him, when they had seen him, they made widely known the saying which was told them concerning this child. And all those who heard it marveled at those things which were told them by the shepherds. But Mary kept all these things and pondered them in her, in her heart. Then the shepherds returned, doing what? Glorifying, Glorifying and praising God. Why? For all the things that they had heard and seen. As it was told them. So the reason why you and I should still be glorifying and praising God is for all the things that we've heard and now by experience we've seen. It's not just a Christmas story to us. It's a real story. It's a, it's, it's a, the, the babe grew up. The babe died on the cross as a man. In fact, that's why he was laid in a manger, like, like swaddled in clothes, like a lamb. Swaddled like a lamb. Laid in that manger. Hallelujah. In fact, just on side note, notice he was born in Bethlehem. Even, even as Micah prophesied. In fact, this whole scenario is a, is a fulfillment of several, many, many, many prophecies. From Genesis all the way through Malachi. Prophesying the birth, the coming of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. He was born in Bethlehem. Bethlehem means house of bread. He comes along later and calls himself, he says, I am the bread of life. I am the manna sent from heaven. So the bread was born in the house of bread. That's just a little side note, just throw that in for you. Now, again, he's born to us this day in the city of David, a Savior who is Christ the Lord. And this birthing is a fulfillment of many prophecies, one of which is in Isaiah chapter 9. Now, let's go back there, please. Isaiah 9. Let's look at that, a little bit of that chapter here. Thank you, Lord. Now, believe, it or not, believe it or not, I'm almost finished. I'm almost, almost finished. Yeah, I am. Hallelujah. Y'all watch your mouth over there. Tell those kids we have receipts. Isaiah 9, and let's, let's look at verse 3. Verse 3. Notice what it says here. This is a prophetic word. You have multiplied the nation and increased it's joy. Now, if you have a King James or some other very old translations, it'll say you have not increased joy. But that's a poor translation to say you have not. Because look, look, at, look at the surrounding verse. You have multiplied the nation and increased its joy. They rejoice before you. According to the joy of harvest. So it wouldn't make any sense to say you have not increased joy when it says they, they're rejoicing before you according to the joy of harvest. So if you, you got a King James, one of those older, you got a, you know, a Geneva Bible, whatever, hey, you need to change that in your Bible. You have increased joy. Okay? 
So you have multiplied the nation and increased its joy. They rejoice before you according to the joy of harvest. Y'all see that? As men rejoice when they divide the spoil. Now, when do people divide spoil? After they win a battle, they go to war, they win a battle, and they bring the spoil back, and they divide the spoil. So he says, the people are rejoicing. Now, this is a, pr a prophetic word about something that is to come. Okay? I, I know it says you have, but you got to see a prophecy going forth. Okay? So they, they rejoice before you according to the joy of harvest as men rejoice when they divide the spoil. For you have broken the yoke of his burden and the staff of his shoulder. So God's loosed the people. The rod of his oppressor, all this has been broken, as in the day of Midian. As in the day of Midian. Now, what's that all about? Well, let's look at that. So put your finger there on Isaiah 9, and let's look back at Judges chapter 6. Judges chapter 6. Hallelujah. Now, y'all turn quickly because I'm on a clock, obviously. Judges 6. Thank you, Lord. Are you there? Verse 2. And the hand of Midian prevailed against Israel. Because of the Midianites, the children of Israel made for themselves the dens, the caves, and the strongholds which are in the mountains. So it was whenever Israel had what? Sown. Are y'all there? Verse 3. So it was whenever Israel had sown, Midianites would come up. Also Amalekites and the people of the east would come up against them. Then they would encamp against them and destroy the produce of the earth. So they had sown, produce would come, but the Midianites would come and destroy it. So the harvest is coming, but it kept getting destroyed. Oh God. Verse 4, then they would encamp against them and destroy the produce of the earth as far as Gaza and leave no sustenance for Israel, neither sheep, nor ox, nor donkey. For they will come up with their livestock and their tents, coming in as numerous as locusts. Both they and their camels were without number, and they would enter the land to destroy it. Now, what's happening? They're being oppressed. Remember what we read in, in Isaiah 9, right? They're being oppressed. Watch the result of this oppression. Verse 6. So Israel, come on, was greatly impoverished because of the Midianites. And the children of Israel cried out to the Lord. Now, when they cried out to the Lord, what does he do? He raises up a judge named Gideon to save the people. Did Gideon save the people? Yes, he did. Hallelujah. In fact, who met Gideon and, and called him? And Jesus himself. The Bible says an angel of the Lord. But when you see this here, this is a capital angel. It's the angel of the Lord. In fact, can I show you something? Y'all got it? Can I, can I borrow two more minutes on this here? Look at this. Verse, verse, verse 11. Verse 11. Now the angel of the Lord, see that capitalized? Came and sat under the terebinth tree, which is in Ophrah, I'm sorry, Ophrah, which belonged to Joash the Abbey. Is all right. Verse 12. And the angel of the Lord appeared to him and said to him, the Lord is with you, you mighty man of valor. Now this is Jesus speaking to him. You understand, Jesus showed up in the, New in the Old Testament. Okay? He showed up in, in, the, in the fire with the Hebrew boys. He showed up to Abraham telling them about Sodom and Gomorrah. You understand, Jesus, Jesus shows up, okay? 
He shows up to Abraham in Melchizedek. Okay, all right. Verse 13. So when, when Jesus first talked to him, the angel, verse 13, Gideon said to him, Oh, my Lord, if the Lord is with us, why then has all this happened to us? And where are all, the, all his miracles which our fathers told us about, saying, Did not the Lord bring us up out of Egypt, so on and so forth. But notice, I want to show you something here. Oh, my Lord. That's a lowercase l here, which is the, the Hebrew word Adoni, which is used for man. Okay? Now, verse after, we'll look at verse 14. Then the Lord turned to him and said, Go in this might of yours, and you shall save Israel from the hand of the Midianites. Have I not sent you? Have I not sent you? Now, angels don't sin. Angels themselves are sent. So the moment he said, have I not sent you, something happened in Gideon. To the point now he responds, so he said to him, oh my Lord, notice the capital L. This, Greek, this Hebrew word is the Hebrew word Adonai. He got a revelation that this was no ordinary man talking to me. I don't mean to preach this. This is just this is good. This is good side note stuff. Somebody say side notes. This this good good side note stuff right here. He got a revelation in between when when the Lord spoke. You, you, you remember when? Thank you, Lord. Remember when Mary, after Jesus was resurrected, saw Jesus, but didn't know it was Jesus. She's talking to him and doesn't know it to him. And all of a sudden, he responds and he says, Mary. All of a sudden she said, Rabboni. She said, oh, oh, gee, oh, that's you. In other words, his response, she got a revelation like, wait a minute, this, this is not some ordinary man. This is, oh, this is Jesus. Okay, the disciples out on a boat fishing, John 21. Children, have you any meat? Who's talking? Jesus. They don't know it. Children, have you any meat? No. Cashing out on the right side. And threw it on the right side, all of a sudden his fish came. All of a sudden John said, that is the Lord. See, something happens in you, boy, I wish I had more time to preach this, that you get a revelation that you're not talking to any ordinary man. So, so Jesus is the one who sends Gideon to save the people. So when Isaiah in Isaiah 9 prophesies about the coming of Jesus, notice what God includes in this prophecy about, about this in Isaiah 9. Let me get back to it here. He says, he says the rod of his oppressor, as in the day, y'all in verse 4, Isaiah 9 verse 4. For you have broken the yoke of his burden and the staff of his shoulder, the rod of his oppressor, as in the day of Midian. So what God did in Midian, or did for Israel against Midian, is what God said, I'm going to do for you through Jesus. I'm going to break the Midianite off your back. I'm going to destroy all the strife. That's what Midian means, strife. I'm going to destroy the strife between me and you. What did the angels announce when they, when they if you kept, kept reading back in Luke 2, they, they, they start, a host began to sing, peace on earth, goodwill toward men. 
Thank you, Lord. I was talking to my wife this other day. He wasn't saying peace on earth, goodwill between men. He said goodwill toward men. In other words, Jesus Christ wasn't coming to bring peace between men. In fact, he goes along later on and says that when I come, I come to bring a sword. I didn't come to bring peace. I came to bring a sword. Your enemies shall be those of your own household. Can I get a witness? So the angels are saying peace on earth, goodwill toward men. He's not saying there's going to be peace between nations and peace between men. In fact, the Bible says when they cry peace and safety, sudden destruction is coming. I wish y'all knew y'all Bible. When they begin to cry peace and safety, you're going to hear that in the world. Pretty, watch this. In the next couple years, you're going to see them in the world them crying out peace and safety. That's what the Antichrist is going to shout out, peace and, and safety. He says sudden destruction is going to come. Because that's the lie the enemy tries to get people to, to understand peace between nations. No, that's not the God. He didn't say I came to do that. He said I came to bring division. Jesus came to bring division between people. But he came to bring peace between God and man. No more strife between us. Oh, Remember in Genesis, in Genesis, I think it's chapter 6, when the, God said, my spirit will not always strive with man. I think it's Genesis 6, 1, somewhere around there. And my spirit will not always strive with man. I, I will not always have strife between me and man. And we look at that like, okay, God, he destroyed the earth. Yeah, he did. But from then on out, he's, God is prophesying to this day where there will be no more strife between God and man. Okay, I'm preaching too much. I'm going to get y'all to y'all cookies. I'm going too much revelation for y'all for a Wednesday night, obviously. This is a Wednesday morning revelation here. All right. So go back in, in, in Isaiah 9, verse 5. For you have broken the yoke of his burden and the staff of his shoulder, the rod of his oppressor, as in the day of Midian. Watch verse 5. For every warrior's sandal from the battle from the noisy battle, and garments rolled in blood will be used for burning and fuel of fire. What in the world does that mean? What he's saying is the war is over. The struggle is over. Boy, y'all missed, missed that. He says, for every warrior's sandal, from the noisy battle. Anybody been in the noisy battles? Yes, yes. And garments rolled in blood will be used for burning and fuel of or fuel for fire. That means you're not going to need them boots, them combat boots no more. <laughs> you're not going to need them uniforms no more. You're not putting on war clothes anymore. Y'all not catching it. See, the devil has the body of Christ conditioned to be in, we're in, we're in war mode. No, he said, I just, I just ended the war. When Jesus comes, he ends the war. <laughs> fight the devil. No, the Bible never tells you to fight the devil. The Bible tells you fight the good fight of faith. The Bible tells you and me resist the devil, he will flee from us. <laughs> you got to watch what he says here now. He's, he's removing the oppression. And he's ending the war. Just help me preach tonight. Tell your neighbor. Say, neighbor. 
your struggles are over. Oh, find somebody else who look like they've been going through something. Tell them your struggles are over. Tell them tonight. Oh my goodness. Oh my goodness. Your struggles, somebody again in this Christmas season. Your struggles are over. Every struggle in your health. It's over. Every struggle in your finances is over. Every struggle in your mind is over. Every struggle in your family, it is over. Every struggle with condemnation and guilt, it's over. Every struggle with, with, with shame and embarrassment, it's over. Your struggle with addiction. What, what was happening, Chris? They were under oppression. And he's saying, I'm ending the oppression for you like I ended it for me, when Midian was oppressing my people, Israel. I sent a judge. I raised up a judge to deliver my people. Jesus Christ has come as the judge. How do we know? This all happens because of verse 6. See, verse 6, we, we know verse 6, don't we? For unto us. Well, it's the word, the verse starts with the word for. That's why we, why we had to go back. We got to see what the for is for. He don't just throw a for in there because he, he needed a word. The for is there for a reason. He said, for unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given. And the government's going to be upon his shoulders. The reason why your oppression is over is because a child is born. The reason why your struggle is over is because a, because a son is given. The reason why you don't have to, have to fight anymore is because of Christmas. If you understood that, you'll go past cakes and pies and cookies. And understand every Christmas I'm celebrating, my struggles are over. My war is over. All the oppression is over. The devil can't defeat me any longer. The devil can't hold me down any longer. I'm throwing my boots away. I'm throwing my dirty uniform away. I'm going to put on a robe of righteousness because my struggle is over. Somebody shout like you understand what I'm talking about. Didn't she? But go look back at Luke 2 and verse 10. 
Then the angel said to them, do not be afraid, for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which shall be to all people. For there is born to Mary. Y'all still waiting. Y'all, y'all ain't getting it. Oh boy, y'all, y'all still, y'all better catch this now. Now, who had, who went through all the labor pain? You imagine we see the little movies about Jesus being born and Mary, oh, oh and she labor pain to bring forth this baby. And the angel has the audacity to tell these shepherds, born to you. Boy, y'all, y'all get this. to you this day in the city of David a savior Mary went through all the pain but the baby was born to you read about the father I'm talking about here am I, am I wasting my time okay now, now go back then to Isaiah Isaiah 9 and verse 6 The reason why you and I can celebrate because the Isaiah the prophet said for unto us a child what do you mean unto us? I ain't have no baby. You ain't have no baby. Sure, the baby was born to Mary but he was born unto so he was passing through Mary to get to you. Oh God, y'all better help. He was passing through Mary to get to you. Y'all gotta catch it. Tell you that you are the reason for the season. He came down through 40 and two generations. Oh yes, he did. He found himself wrapped in swaddling clothes. city of David a savior unto us a child is born unto us a son is given all right now now y'all sit down just okay But I know, I know this is good right here. See, he, remember John 10, 10 amplified? Remember, unto us a child is born. Unto us a son is given. Never forget in the rest of your life, he came through Mary to you. Mary was the vessel used for him to get to you. He had to, be, he had to come born of a woman born under the law to redeem those who are under the law. Isn't that what your Bible says? Now, in John 10, 10, Amplified, Jesus says this, the last part of that, y'all know it. I came 
I came. I came. Through 42 generations, I came. To the house of David, to Joseph and to Mary, I came. That they may have, come on, life and have it in abundance, come on. Somebody shout wonderful life. So I came, I came. This is Jesus talking right here, right? He's telling us why he came. He's speaking as a man, but referencing his birth. Because he didn't come as a man. Oh, come on this side. He didn't come as a man. He came as a baby. So when he says he came, he's talking about I was born. I came through 42 generations. I came, I was born that you may have a life and that you may have it more abundantly. I came to end all your struggles. I came to end all your oppression. I came to end all your wars. I came to end all your fighting. I came to end all your struggle. That you may have life and that you may have it more abundantly. He's referencing his time of his birth. Now you got to catch this, ladies and gentlemen. You got to catch this. He already came. He was already born. And the prophet Isaiah told us the oppression and the struggle is over when he shows up. Well, y'all, y'all better get this here. <laughs> the oppression and the struggle, the fighting ends when he shows up. Can you understand why these third shift shepherds were so happy? Y'all missed it. Can you understand what these third shift, they were working third shift. These sheep shepherds are watching their flocks by night. They're on third shift. That's the worst shift. Nobody wants to work graveyard shift. Shepherds weren't known for having, having abundance of, of, of wealth. If these were shepherds, they were caring for, for sheep that belonged to somebody else. All of a sudden, there's great titans of great joy. And they says, hey, because these shepherds know this word. They know Isaiah. And the moment this angel announces that this baby is born, they know, wait a minute. Our oppression is over. I'm about to get off this third shift. (laughs) Well, y'all will catch up to this next Thursday. Now, Jesus is telling us why he came. I came that they may have and enjoy life. That they may have it in abundance so the full to overflows. Now look at, look at, turn over to Hebrews 10 real quick. Hebrews 10. Let me show you something here. Hebrews, Hebrews near, the, near the back of your Bible. Hebrews 10. Hallelujah. Let me show you something here. Glory to God. Now remember he just told us in John 10, 10, I came that they may have life and that they may have it more abundantly. Now look at Hebrews 10 and verse 5. When you get there, say I got it. Therefore, 
when he came into the world, he said. Now, who is he talking about here? Who is he, who's talking right here, y'all? Oh, that was just as weak as the first time. Who's talking right here? Jesus. Thank you. Boy, I was about to go get some cookies and cocoa. Y'all. Therefore, when Jesus came into the world, he said, sacrifice and offering you did not desire, but a body you have prepared me, prepared for me. Now, that's twofold. Jesus didn't have a body in heaven. He didn't need a body, a physical body in heaven. These bodies we have are earth suits. When you're done here, you're not going to have that body. Your corruption is going to put on incorruption. Your mortal is going to put on immortality. Glory to God. So one, God prepared a physical body for him. But to come into the earth legally, he had to come through another body. He came through Mary to me. Verse 6, in burnt offerings and sacrifices for sin, you had no pleasure. Then I said, behold, I have come in the volume of the book. This is this parenthetical here. In the volume of the book, it is written of me to do your will, O God. So we can say, then I said, behold, I have come to do your will, O God. So Jesus said, I'm come to do your will. Previously saying, sacrifice and offering, burnt offerings and offerings for sin you did not desire, nor had pleasure in them, which are offering, offered according to the law. Then he said, behold, I've come to do your will, O God. Watch this. He takes away the first that he may establish the second. So whatever was in place before, we know the Old Testament being the law, he takes that away and establishes the second, the new covenant. But how about everything else he took away? If any man be in Christ, he's a new creation. Come on. All things are, and behold, all things. He takes away the first. You were struggling. You were in sin. You were poor. You were wretched. You were condemned. You were guilty. But he takes away the first. You were sick and infirm and diseased by, by uh, hereditary things. But he, when he came, he takes away the first. I wish I had one more amen. That he may establish. So he came through Mary to us to give us life, life more abundantly to the full to the overflows, to remove the first, and to establish the second. He makes all things new. So no matter what life you had before you received Jesus, no matter what you were bound in and bound to before you received Jesus, the moment you received Jesus, you received newness of life. That's why the Bible tells us to walk in newness of life. Oh, my goodness. Now, he takes away the first, he may establish the second. No. So notice here, it is God's will then, because remember he says, I come to do your will. So it must be God's will for us to leave the first and walk in the second. To leave the old and to walk in the new. 
to leave a wretched life and walk in a wonderful life. Somebody say it's a wonderful life. Now, I just want to remind you before, before I move to my last scripture here that the prophet Isaiah prophesied that this would all change when he came. Y'all got to get it. Because some people are waiting until we get over yonder. Some people are waiting until we go over there where he is. But Isaiah said, no, it all changes when he comes from over there to where we are. So you and I don't have to go to heaven to get the wonderful life. Heaven sent Jesus to earth to give us the wonderful life. But that's better than y'all letting on right now. Now he says here, I've come to do your will, verse 7. Then I said, behold, I've come in the volume of the book that is written of me to do your will. Now let's go to, go to Psalm 40 and then we can wrap it up. Psalm number 40. Psalm number 40. Because it is God's will for you and me to live a wonderful life. Hallelujah. Look at, look at Psalm 40. I'm going to start at verse 1. And I'll wrap it up at verse 8. You got it? I waited patiently for the Lord. And he inclined to me and heard my cry. He also brought me up out of a horrible pit. Out of the miry clay. And set my feet upon a rock. Now all this happened because I waited for the Lord. And he inclined to me and heard my cry. So notice that what God does, watch, watch what God does. Watch the order of things. Watch what God's will is. He inclines to you, leans forward. He pays attention. He hears my cry. Then he said, he also brought me up. Somebody say he brought me up. So Jesus is trying to bring you up. Can somebody say yes, Lord? I'm not saying yes to me. I'm saying yes, Lord. Yes, yes, Lord, to what he's trying to do. He's trying to bring you up. He says, he also brought me up out of a horrible pit, then out of the miry clay. So up and he brought me out of the miry clay. Miry clay is, a, is this like a sinking... Uh, what are you, quicksand, it's like a stuck in the mud. You're, you're stuck in a rut. Anybody ever been stuck in a rut? He said, I'm trying to, I want to bring you up out of that. Then he says, and set my feet, come on, upon a rock, a solid ground. So you're not sinking sand anymore. We used to say, on oh, Christ, a solid rock I stand. All of the ground is, is miry clay. And he says, and established my steps. The steps of a good man, come on. So God establishes your direction and leads you in the right way. Now where is he going to lead you to? A wonderful life. Somebody say it's a wonderful life. Then he says he has put a new song in my mouth. Lord, give us a new song. Not a song of sorrow. Not a song of despair, 
Not a song of hopelessness, but a song of joy and a song of rejoicing and a song of thanksgiving and a song of deliverance and a song of healing and a song of power and a song of salvation. He's put a new song in my mouth. Hallelujah. Praise through our God. Many will see it and fear and will trust in the Lord. So when other people see what God has done for you, they're going to trust in the Lord. Verse 4, blessed is that man who makes the Lord his trust and does not respect the proud, nor such as turn aside to lies. Many, O Lord, my God, are your wonderful works. Many, O Lord, my God, are your wonderful works. So God is doing many wonderful works in our lives. Can anybody testify tonight that he's done? Come on, don't sit and look at me like you're crazy. Has he done many wonderful works in your life? Hallelujah. Don't thank God for the family and thank God for the trees and thank God for the reindeer, but all that stuff is not important. What's important is that God has brought me up out of the muck and the miry clay and set my feet on a rock to stay and he's established my and ordered my steps and he's done many wonderful works for me. If he doesn't do anything else. What you have done and your thoughts toward us cannot be recounted to you in order. If I would declare and speak of them, they are more than can be numbered. Now watch what we see here. Sacrifice and offering you do not desire. Sound familiar? Yes. So you see where Paul gets it from in Hebrews here? My ears you have opened. opened. Burnt offering and sin offering you do not require. Then I said, behold, I come. In the scroll of the book it is written of me. This is Jesus prophetically. This is prophetic about Jesus here. I delight to do your will, O my God, and your law is within my heart. Now, he just described to us what the will is to bring us up, to bring us out, to set our feet, to establish our steps, and put a new song in our heart, a new song in our mouth. Did you catch that? What's God's will? To bring me up, to bring me out, to set my feet to establish my steps and put a new song in my mouth. I don't care where God finds you. I don't care what level God finds you on. I don't care how big the mess is you've made in your life. If you, let, if you cry to God, he will bring you up. He will bring you out. He will set your feet on a rock. He will establish your steps. Otherwise, he'll get you going in the right direction. And he'll put a new song in your mouth. Now, those of you who know about the movie It's a Wonderful Life, the lead character, George, played by Jimmy, Car- Jimmy uh, Stewart, he was, he was living a wonderful life and didn't realize it. Didn't know it. He found himself at a place where he was, at Christmas time, contemplating suicide. He was going to end his, end his whole life, end his own life. 
ready to call it quits. And these angels showed up to, the, to him. And they began to show him what things would be like if he weren't there and, and show him how, how the impact he had had on the people in his family and in the city around him. And stopped him from taking his own life. And he all of a sudden realized it is a wonderful life. When he realized, now he doesn't say this, but we can say when you realize what God has done for you. When you realize all God has brought you through. All he's delivered you from. Every way he's made, every door he's opened. Rather than being somber and sad and in despair, you say, you know what? It really is a wonderful life. When I think of his goodness and all he's done for me, my soul cries out, hallelujah, thank God for saving me. You realize if God had not intervened, where would I be right now? No, I may not be where I want to be, I may not be where I dream of being right now, but when I count all the things in my life, it says they are too many to be counted. Try, try your darndest to count your blessings one by one. Try to see what the Lord has done. You'll spend the rest of your life trying to just recount what he's done for you. And you'll say, you know what? It really is a wonderful life. Is wonderful life, and because he he has now directed my steps, he's going to direct me into a greater life than I've ever known. Come on, give God a praise. I'm gonna quit here. Hallelujah! Thank you, Lord. Come on, say thank you, Lord. Say it's a wonderful life for me. It's a wonderful life for God's people. Because. Unto us a child is born. Unto us a son is given. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Father, I thank you tonight. Thank you for these, your precious people who have come to hear and receive. And I pray, Father, that something has been said that will penetrate the hearts of your people, Lord. That we, of all people, would have the most joy and the most cheer and the most gladness during this time. That we'll not let the world with all of their commercialization out-celebrate us, the ones who've actually received Jesus Christ. Jesus said that the word says that he came to his own, his own did not receive him. So Lord, we know there are people who have not received him. But God, to those of us who have received them, to us, you've given the power to become sons of God. So Father God, tonight I pray that we, your people, will walk in the newness of life you've given to us, understanding that, God, you have removed the first, that you may establish the second, that that old way, those old things that were uh, binding us and those old things that had us down, those old oppressions are gone, and that, God, we're to walk in those in this newness of life, to walk in the freedom and the liberty that we have, to walk in the health that we have, to walk in the wealth that we have, to walk in the prosperity that we have, to walk in the righteousness that we have, to walk in the holiness that you've made available to us, to walk in, Father, the joy and peace that we have to enjoy. Jesus said that he came that we may have and enjoy life and have it in abundance to the full till it overflows. 
So, Father, we will walk in that and celebrate every day more and more the life that we have in Jesus Christ. And we want our lives to cause other people to look and to desire Jesus and to not see him as that little baby in the manger anymore, but as the man who went to the cross and died for our sins, went into hell and paid the ultimate price, that one that you raised again from the dead on the third day morning with all power in his hand. And we'll know that he is coming back one day soon. And God, when that happens, we will have joy, joy, joy. And God, we just thank you that even now, we have, Lord, just, just down uh, loads of that glory, that, yes. that power, that joy on the inside of us. And that joy energizes us every day. And we'll continue to let our lights so shine before men that they'll see our good works and glorify you, our Father in heaven. We give you praise. We give you all the glory. We give you the honor. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. 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 Put those hands together once again and give God a praise tonight for the word of God. Hallelujah. 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 Praise God. Well, are you happy tonight? Yes, sir. It's a wonderful life that God has given us.